what's happening? Welcome to another edition of Inside the Coach's Brain Podcast. Today we have a very special guest joining us, talking about life and things and well, we'll get to that. Today's guest is Laura. Laura, say hi. Hello. Hey, so we figured what better way to talk about Kent than to talk with Kent's wife behind his back. <laughs> Seems reasonable, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Perfect. Sounds like fun. So Laura doesn't know this, but she comes up in the podcast often when we talk about, you know, you know who listens to the podcast and these things or the other. And... Laura, how often do you actually listen to the podcast? Zero times a week. Zero times a week. <laughs> maybe maybe by having you on here, we'll have you listen to it. You're I'll like, listen to this one. You're like, I'm not going to listen to this one. I'm on it. I, I know what's going to be said. Nobody want, likes to listen to the sound of their own voice. It's, so. It is very awkward. We were just doing one with Destiny, and it was <laughs> the same thing came up. It's like when you start hearing yourself, you're like, this is what I sound like? It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, also like, yeah, yeah. And talking to me is it's awkward to begin with. Um. <laughs> Cool, guys. So we have Laura on today, not just because she's Kent's wife, even though that would be perfectly enough, but Laura has her own accomplishments that far outshine Kent's any day of the week. Um, Laura was a, was, is a world-class um, running superstar on the world stage. Um, she had an injury this year that kept her out of the Olympics. Other than that, and she would have been there. <laughs> where, the, where the Olympics at today? They're in China. No. Japan. Correct. Japan. I think Tokyo is in Japan. Japan. Yes. Um, geography. Now, the next episode, we're going to talk about geography and how <laughs> bad we are at it. Um, so, world class runner. She's also the general manager. Store manager. Store manager. She runs the uh, Lou Lemon store here in the town center. So that's pretty cool. A lot of you people go to that place and and check it out. Um, known Laura now for jeez. Couple of years. Few, yeah. Yeah, more than more than a few. More than a few. It's cool. Laura and Kent have a precious baby girl. Yes. How old is the baby now? She'll be ten months on Friday. Ten on months on Friday. Double digits. You excited about that? No. No. Don't grow up. It's gone by so fast. Never grow up. Yeah. Are you getting ready for that big first birthday blowout? We are. What's the plan? Um, probably at the house. Okay. Invite all of our friends okay. and three of Finley's friends. <laughs> Listen, you get three. <laughs> Jack, Clark, and I guess her two cousins could come. Four okay. friends. Perfect. So four friends. Yeah. <laughs> she gets a very, very small. The parties are for the parents until they're like six. Yeah. We were just having that party and we were discussing that. It's like, how, what age does the party become not a parent party and it becomes a kid party? I don't, I don't know. I think six or seven. I've been through one and two now. So I'm thinking it. It wasn't one or two. No. So. I remember my niece and nephew had first birthday party, and then they skipped like two, three, and four. Okay. Like it was just family. It was a day on the, it was a day on the calendar. Exactly. And then once we hit six with my niece, it was like, okay. That's when the ponies come out. Invite your friends. Friends come out. She'll remember. Jack got invited to some party at school, and it was like, I don't know this person. Who is this person? Like they invited the whole class? They invited like the, I'm assuming. Very inclusive. Yeah. I'm assuming they invited the whole class. It's trendy right now. Could have just invited my kid. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the other invitations. Maybe. I I've never even seen this kid. Don't know, I don't know who these people are. Because <laughs> she started during COVID. Right. So we haven't like met the parents of other kids. We don't even know who her teachers are. Can't go through the front door. As far as I know, they shove her in a closet for a few hours twice a week. And then when we get there, they she's just so happy to get out of the closet. She's happy to see us. You know. So it is. I don't know. Please. My kids' teachers, if you're listening to this, uh, please don't put my kid in the closet. 
That'd be, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. No. You're like, no, I can't imagine. So what is, what is she, like, what's her milestones right now? Is she talking? Is she mowing the grass? babbling constantly. She says her mamas and her dadas and we're working on dog. Dogs? She really likes dogs. Okay. She'll go up to any dog and try to pull herself up by its ears. Okay. So you have to be aware of that. Very cool. Because you guys have a dog, so she's very comfortable. She loves him. Yeah. Yep. She'll she, literally grab both of his ears and pull herself up. Yeah. And he stares at her. Yeah. So we've had the issue with Jack, because we have big dogs. Yep. We have a big dog. We have big dogs. But Jack would, you know, just hug the dogs. And it's like full on tackle hug, but our yeah. dogs are like, you know, 80, 100 pound dogs. Mm-hmm. So they're big dogs. But when she sees a small dog at the park and she goes up to love that dog, she just like crushes this like right. 10 pound dog. And you're like... I'm so sorry. She doesn't know the difference between big dog and little dog. I know. But it is what it is. Cool. So today we have Laura. So Laura, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your background. Where are you from? All that good stuff. Fill us in. I am from Jacksonville. Pretty much born and raised here. My family did live in South Florida for about eight years. We lived in the Sarasota area. I am one of five siblings. One of five kids. So I have four siblings Three brothers, one sister. I was homeschooled primarily. Don't say it. Heard it a million times. I know. I wasn't going to say anything. I did go to public high school. Then I went to college. I started at Florida State. I ran and attended there for a year. Then I came back to finish out my collegiate and running career at UNF because my high school coach went over there to be the coach. So I wanted to be back with him. And still running to this day. My first job out of college was at the YMCA. That's where I met Kent, and then I transitioned into Lululemon in 2015. Very cool. One of my first jobs is YMCA. Yeah, great place. Yeah, did a summer camp mm-hmm. and after school. I worked at the front desk. It's good times. Yeah, that one of the jobs there I did not do. I lifeguarded. I probably cleaned. I did summer camp. I did after school. I did some stuff with the gymnastics program. I did. I did youth or sports. It's like you were all over the place. I was, was there like all day they kept like hey you want to do this next do this? I was like okay yeah do this next I'm like, okay that's what the y does yeah like, just overwork everyone yeah it's like you show up on time you would you like to do more <laughs> thanks we're not gonna change your pay yeah no you get paid the same <laughs> and if, by the way if you go over 40 hours don't record that we can't pay you for yeah it. no one no one needs to know <laughs> yeah there's no overtime just yeah. so you know we'll work you but we can't pay you for it and we can't we don't want to know about it exactly it's like oh but i can still use the gym and play basketball there's that. They're like, yeah. We're like, okay, we're cool. Yeah, use the facilities. We're cool. All right, so one of five? Yes. How is that? Sounds competitive. It's awesome. Uh, we are actually all very competitive. We really can't do anything else except play sports. Uh, none of us are very musically talented or artistic. Uh, so we, we grew up playing sports. We're all really competitive. and But we're all also really close. And I think that really goes back to being homeschooled. We were all homeschooled really until middle school or high school. So we were around each other a lot. So we just learned how to relate to each other. And we're still really close today. My siblings are my best friends. Siblings, best friends. Very mm-hmm. cool. So who's the fastest sibling? I am. Like by far? Yeah. Brothers can't beat you? I mean, maybe in a hundred meter dash because I do have, you know, just physics working against me. It's true. There's always my running conversation with Laura is I try to figure out like what distance I can still beat her at in a run. Cause if it's a mile, I'm done. There's no way I, maybe a 400. I can, I think I can still leg it out. Ken and I've talked about this as well. I think 200 and over. You got it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know I can take you on a 100. Yeah. 100, 200. Off, off the line. Sure. 200 probably can. I don't know. Past that. Yeah. I could trip you. 
I think 400 and above, I, I would take it. Yeah. Even the 550, for sure. The 550. <laughs> so 550, they're running in the CrossFit Games right now for accurately timestamping this podcast. <laughs> 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 kind of watching that, watching all these CrossFit athletes that aren't necessarily runners. No. Try to run a distance with like one turn and it's they're sprinting towards the end and they have nothing left and it's kind of, they look like baby giraffes coming across the finish line. Pretty much. Very cool. So in college, athletically, you were, you were a runner. What, was. what distances did you run? Were you inside, outside? What was going on there? I ran cross country and track. Okay. So if you're like a 1500 meter miler and above, you're pretty much going to run cross country too. Right. So 5k in that, but I really focused on the mile. I was hurt a good bit in college. So I had some good races. I had some good times, but it wasn't, it wasn't awesome. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't awesome. Yeah. What, um, what was your primary distance? The 1500. The 1500? The mile. The one mile? Yes. 1500, one mile? It is not. It is not. It's shorter than a mile? It's longer than a mile. It is shorter. A 1500 is three quarters of the, is three and three quarter laps. Three and three quarter laps. Yeah. How much is a lap? 400 meters. 400 meters. So is 1600 meters a mile? Technically no. Technically no. What, what is a mile? One mile is like 1610 meters, I think. Is that why they start a little farther back? Uh-huh. They got the weird staggered start on the track? Yeah. So, you don't have, usually run a true one mile on the track. It's a 1,600. Okay. So if 1,500 was your race on the mm-hmm. track, what was, your, what was your best time? 4.30. Jesus Christ. 4.30? Correct. Like you weren't driving in a car? No. For 4.30? Nope. Didn't have like a bicycle? Nope. Ran? Whole time. Whew. No breaks. Was that in a race or was practice or? In a race, yeah. I ran that in a race. Did you win? A handful of times. Not when well, I ran the... that race. Okay, so the 430 didn't even win. No. Oh. No. What's the fastest one mile on record? One mile? I don't know. Again, because that's a different. 1500. I mean, the girl who won the U.S. Olympic trials a couple weeks ago okay. ran like 357. So. 4.30 is not that fast. So 4.30 is just... It just, might be in Jacksonville currently, but... It's just okay. Not comparatively. Okay. Um, fast forward a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, you just had a race, what? You did a race a couple weeks ago, months ago? Yeah, like about a month ago. About a month ago? Mm-hmm. Which race was that? It was a 5K downtown. 5K downtown. You were running for the pies. Running for the pies. How did you How did you end up doing in that one? So that was actually 3.1 miles? 3.1. Okay. Correct. Good job. Hey. I did well. I wanted to run a bit faster. Okay. I came in fourth, ran 17.30. I felt like my training was indicative of a bit faster, but, you know, it was my first race in really a year and a half. Yep, coming off a baby. Yeah, I'm set, you know, I was seven months off of having a baby at that point. So all in all, pretty solid. All it was right. like four seconds off my fastest time. That's not terrible. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really ran in like three years, and <laughs> I'm, I'm within like a hiccup of my fastest time ever. Yeah. Okay. So... So in running sports, how do, I know in a lot of sports, different things like use gymnastics because the Olympics are going on, mm-hmm. the, they peak very young. Yeah. Right. So it's like 18 years old, they're basically done and they're out of sport, mm-hmm. right? It's like 16 year olds out there doing flips and running, especially, would you call that, is that middle distance? Yeah. So middle distance running up to long distance mm-hmm. running, which would be what, a half, a full? Half full. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in that distance game. What is, what's kind of the typical age range where you see female runners peak? Yeah. So the prime really is like 29 to 34. We've okay. been seeing, you know, 34 is going to be on the kind of towards the end of your career. You do see some athletes 
older than that. But I think most of the athletes like on our Olympic team right now are in their thirties. Okay. So it's, I would assume that's a little later in life. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. It's like, why, why is that? I think you figure out, you know, the, the woman's body goes through so many changes. So I think you figure out where you finally land, like with your body and the mental component, I think is so huge as you age to accept that. I think that's the primary driving factor of it. Okay. What you find yourself a little bit. Yeah. So mental component. Mm -hmm. So running to me is, you know, right foot, left foot in front of the other. Don't fall on my face. Stop when you're done. Sure. Right. So what is the mental component that goes into, you know, for you running a higher level race, right? Like mm -hmm. you're running a race, running a 5k is different than I'm running a 5k. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, is there beer at the end of it? And you're right. like, I want to destroy everyone out here. Like mm -hmm. everyone. Right. So what's that mental component look like? What is that? I think it's getting comfortable hurting. Like it, it hurts the whole time. Like if you're doing it right, it hurts the whole time. So it's getting comfortable with the pain, but also the, the quicker speeds. So something my coach and I are really working on right now is I can run a 600 really com like really fast and really com and feel really comfortable. And I don't necessarily feel that way running a 5k. So what we're trying to work on is like increasing my endurance a little bit. So that way when I'm running a little bit quicker in the 5k, I still feel comfortable. Okay. So, so at a shorter distance, you're, you can shut it off. And in, in my way, I would look at this, you can shut it off and go harder. Yeah. Right. But then as in mentally, you know, when you go longer, it's, it's not the same. Correct. So how do you, how do you do that? How do you, I know you're working on it, but how do you turn the, you know, the narrative in your head to, I know I can do this if it's all out for a minute, mm -hmm. right. Versus it's all out for 17 minutes, mm -hmm. right. That's mentally, that's tough. Yeah. You practice. Know, practice. Yeah. Right. Do you go, you know, go out over and above that 5k speed for longer periods of time and actually no. Up? Yeah. So we, I used to overdo it in training quite a bit. And now it's almost like I undertrain. And so when I go to race, it's just allowing my talent to take over. So one of my favorite workouts is like 10 by 300. So doing 300 meter repeats, 10 times, very short rest. I only get a shot to do that workout maybe every six weeks. Whereas like yesterday I did like a 20 minute continuous run and it wasn't all out. You know, it was actually a bit slower than race pace, but I don't like it. And so it's just getting comfortable at that at a speed for a longer period of time. Okay. Yeah. So it's getting, do you ever run farther than 5k competitively? Or is that kind of the distance you're working on right now? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I've done a handful of halves, but they're more so training runs. Okay. I've run a five mile race once. I actually really enjoyed that distance. Does, it, does the five mile allow you to settle in more? Yeah. Right. Versus like, Hey, I know I got to be on the game out of the gate. It gives you, there's some room for room for screw up. Yeah. I'm, I can be the same way. I personally, for me, the longer like competition or workout or anything like that is, I like it better because I do have, I know there's room to like yeah. catch people mm -hmm. and or room to screw up or catch my breath or I can, there's room to adjust. Exactly. Right. When it's like, I know this is going to be a three minute long event. Yeah. There's not a lot of room to mess up. No. And it, you know, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And like, it's like, okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Giddy up. And yeah. And then like. 30 seconds in, you're like, I immediately regret this decision. Exactly. Why do I do this to myself? This is awful. I <laughs> yeah. hate my life. And then like 45 <laughs> seconds in, you're like, eh, no, no, okay, here we go. How, what is the conversation like in your head during a race? I don't think that much. 
don't think that much? No. So are you, hey, you're thinking about your split times? Do you think about the, the line you're taking on a turn, the person next to you, the person in front of you, behind you? Not really. I'm always aware. Yeah. I'm always aware of my position in a race, like who's in front of me, who's behind me. But I feel like I shut off a little bit. Maybe that's something I need to work on because I think I can sometimes sell myself short. Like this race I did six weeks ago, I had like a really shitty second mile. And so I think I just lost, lost touch a little bit with what I was doing. So that's, something I'm working on is just being a little bit more aware. Just, Cause just a little bit of a zone out. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I zone out a little bit. Cause in the 1500, it's like, you don't have time. Like the 1500 sucks. Right. Like it's, it's over as soon as it starts. And with the 5k, you do have a little, you do have time to settle in, but you also have to stay laser focused. Gotcha. Do you find with the 5k familiarity with the course helps or better or worse or. I don't know. I, when I did, this most recent race, I warmed up on the course. I did like my warm up on the course and there was a hill in it mm-hmm. that I, it was a new course. So I didn't know there was a hill and I don't know if that was good or bad. Cause I kind of got annoyed like on the warm up that I was going to have to run over this hill four times. <laughs> okay. So it was laps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like loops downtown. I ran a 5k with Laura once and there was laps also. And I think the <laughs> fastest part of our 5k was when we got attacked by a dog that came <laughs> barreling down the street at us <laughs> in the middle of, I don't even know where we were. Murray Hill. Murray Hill. Dangerous place. Yeah. Pitbull comes charging at us. Is yeah. like, oh, this is going to get interesting. I came across two dogs when I was running this morning as well. Did you? Yeah. They on leashes? They were not. And they were Pitbulls, which I did not expect You're in like, my neighborhood. You were like, oh, thanks for yeah. this. They probably didn't do anything. They did not. Yeah, yeah. they were good. You're like, I'm faster than you. What up? I don't know. I'm looking at the dog like, You're faster than me. This is not going to be good. I'm not as fast at five in the morning. Oh, well. Okay. So speaking of which, your training. I know, yeah. your, I know your training regimen looks different yeah. now that you have a 10-month-old at the house. You mm-hmm. can't just willy-nilly go run whenever you want. You cannot. So what does that look like? How do, you, how do you manage to keep your training and your focus going on that? Because this isn't easy. No. You know, and, and raise a child. Yeah. I'm a big believer in choice. I think we have the capacity for what's important to us. So if we want something bad enough, we'll make the time. Like we can always stretch out the day. Ideally, I'm up by five and out the door running by like 5, 15 a.m. Okay. And give or take 10 to 15 minutes. Like today I started at, you know, 5.30 based on, you know, what I knew I had time for. I know my window for morning runs ends at 7 a.m. And so I just try to make it happen by then. Whether I shower or not after is a different story. It's usually a negative. <laughs> and if it doesn't happen before 7 a.m., it's not going to happen until 7 p.m. Gotcha. Some 7 a.m. when the baby's up. Yep. There's no nap time runs in the middle of the day? It does, but... The nap time, you got to be there. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, we have the, you know, we have the, the monitor and everything. Okay. You can't go run a couple miles away from the house. But I'm not, yeah, just not there yet. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to, like, hit the treadmill in the garage. Yeah, no treadmill. It's just not something I'm willing to buy. Yeah. Get you I hate them. Yeah. That's... And then it's just an excuse not to wake up, so... Okay. So how many days a week are you getting runs in? Seven. Seven days a week. Yes. Whew. So with seven days a week running, what does what does your nutrition look like? What is your diet? Oh. Is that something you focus in a lot on or is it something like I'm running seven days a week at a high level? I'd pretty much just go ham. Um, a little bit of both. I'm very aware of what I'm eating, but I also don't really restrict. So I mentioned earlier I was hurt a lot in college. It's pretty much because I didn't eat. 
uh, which I think we find a lot with female distance college runners. There's this high level of comparison, this high level of pressure. And what it ends up looking like is we just don't eat because we want to be race weight. And the lighter you feel, the faster you run type of thing, not sustainable at all. So I struggled with that a lot in college, was injured a lot, no long-term success there. Mm-hmm. So now I, you know, I don't eat like shit, but I try to consume enough calories. And so I don't really restrict anything, but because I've made mindful choices for probably the last five years of my life, I, I don't crave a lot of bad things. And so I'm able to get the proper, proper macros in my diet because that's truly what I want. Right. But if I want a cookie, I eat a cookie. Want a cookie? Eat a cookie. Yeah. What is your, what's your big cheat at the moment? Like if you got to, if you're go to like I'm gonna, you know I'm gonna misbehave with my diet at the moment. <laughs> what like what does that look like? Um, pizza comes to mind, but I really like I don't think pizza's bad because that's like everything I need. It's like carbs, protein, <laughs> fat. Yeah. Uh, it depends on how you look at it. You know exactly. Maybe you don't eat the entire pizza. Throw some spinach on there. Um, probably just like a greasy burger and fries. Greasy burger and fries. Yeah, I had that Sunday out of town. Do you have a go-to greasy burger? Mm. Like, this is my burger of choice. If I'm getting it, I'm going there. No. No? Not really. Okay. I think Pose has a great burger. Pose? Yeah. Very good. Where was I? We were, I'm still trying to recreate a burger I had somewhere. It was like at a party, mm-hmm. and it was catered from a restaurant that doesn't actually do burgers. Sometimes that's where you find them. For... Like their normal table service, like at the restaurant, you can't even order a hamburger there. It's like a fish restaurant. But when they do catering, they make like cheeseburger sliders and mm-hmm. all these things were amazing. But I'm like, do I have to order a hundred of them to get what I want? Right. I might have to. <laughs> like, yeah. We're going to have a party just and, to get all these sliders. You know, I have a million beers in my fridge at, at all times. So having a 300 calorie beer is a splurge as well. I've been meaning to talk to you about your alcohol problem. <laughs> I mean, I mean your husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, very cool. Yeah. So in college, you had some injuries. What kind of injuries were you dealing with? I had a stress fracture in my hip. That's that was fun. probably the worst. That yeah. was really uncomfortable. You really can't do anything with that. I was allowed to do a little bit of aqua jogging. You could go in the pool. With a belt. Um, that one was probably the most challenging. And then I you know, kind of struggled with shin splints okay. off and on. Very cool. Um, yeah. So what's the, and I'm asking this cause I know this already, but what's the big, the big running goal? Where's, where's your, where's your competing taking you? Cause you're how old now? I will be 32 in October. So 32. And you told me you age out at 34. Correct. So I still think I'm in my prime. Okay. Um, I've always wanted to qualify for the trials, like literally always. And I think there was a period in my late twenties, even, even three years ago where I was like, yeah, I'm, that's probably not going to happen. And I wasn't running as much. And then right before I had Finley, I started working with my coach again and I, I got into really good shape, which was really interesting because I always felt like I wouldn't be able to run at a high level in order to get pregnant. But then I was running at a really high level and I was really happy with it and I was doing the right things and then I got pregnant. So that was pretty cool. And I didn't run at all when I was pregnant. Like right at eight weeks, everything just was really uncomfortable. So I was like, well, I guess we're not doing this. I guess Finley doesn't want to run. Yep. So we did what one does and bought a Peloton. And so I Pelotoned and came to CrossFit the whole time I was pregnant, which was fun. Um, and then I started running again when it was safe to do so after I had her. And, you know, I'd, I don't like to use the phrase, you know, bounce back when we're talking about, you know, postpartum fitness, but I, I bounced back. 
I've been, I've been running well over the last, um, six, five, six months and it's kind of reignited that spark again. And I think I can do it. I don't know which distance necessarily I'm going to go after. It might be 5k. It might even be 10k. Uh, the, the longer distance you kind of look at, the more competitors they allow into the field. Cause it's just not as, um, it's not as quick. So you can have more people on the track or, you know, even, I don't really want to look at the marathon, but that might be an option too. Uh, so I want to qualify for the trials in 2024. Very cool. Yeah. So just in general, how close are your times now compared, comparative to what just happened, I guess this year? Uh, yeah. So I, I've never run a marathon. So that one would be like interesting to, um, to look at, but a couple minutes in the 5k. And, um, when I was, when I raced last month, you know, I ran 1730 and I really felt like I should have gone out and run under 17. So that's kind of like my goal right now is to like chip away at that. Mm -hmm. And if you're running like low 16s, you know, right at the, right into the 15s, you'll, you'll likely get a bid to go. Okay. Very cool. That'd be awesome. It would be. Yeah. Where is it? They still do that. Was it Portland? Or not Portland, Eugene. But, uh, Eugene. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I'm crazy, crazy Oregon. Crazy Oregon. Cool. Um, so other than running, being a rock star mom, <laughs> how do you how do you find time for work? What do you do for work? Um, I have to make time for work. So I'm the store manager uh, at Lululemon at the town center. And that's my full-time job. I work there five days a week and 40-ish hours. Very cool. So I know, yeah. just because I know from experience, I know you doing that job is a lot more than folding clothes and ringing people up. Correct. Right? I do know, that very little. You do that very little, right? <laughs> so like, you know, I see you do the, your job there and you're very accomplished. You do it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that, you know, inspires you about being there? What do you enjoy about it? Mm-hmm. I know you have so many different facets to what, you know, what you do there. So I have a team of 30, 30 people, which is, is a lot. And when I started in the role three years ago, I probably had you know, 18. So we've really grown our business over the last three years. So managing people is very challenging, especially that many people. And Lululemon really prioritizes our people and and growing our people. So we're, we're in this work all the time. What I get out of it and what I love from it is seeing people reach their goals and being able to inspire someone to make a shift in their life or realize their potential. And I get to do that every day. So it's emotionally exhausting because not every day goes great. Um, but not all winners, right. You know, and change happens through hard shit sometimes and hard conversations. So it's, it's exhausting, but it's rewarding. Very cool. Yeah. You know, and I know from experience, I know it, the people, some of the people you work with and different things that go on there. I know there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. I know Lulu has their hands in, you know, a lot of things in the community. Yeah. They're always, you're always having to put on events. You're sending staff out into the streets. Mm -hmm. You're sending, you know, you have people (laughs) coming in, you're doing stuff in your store. Mm -hmm. You're having to deal with COVID. You mean it's, it's a lot. It is. Yep. Very cool. Um, I had a question. I forgot what it was. Dang. That's right go with awkward silence pause here. Um, dun, dun, dun. So going forward on that, let me know. We need some stories on Kent. Okay. So what would you, you like could, to know? So if you could tell us one, you know, pretty embarrassing thing about your husband that he doesn't want us <laughs> to say on the podcast, what would it be? Kent doesn't get embarrassed. Oh, he does. I don't think that he does. He's the most annoyingly like comfortable like doesn't really give a shit. So frumpy. Individual. <laughs> like he's just, he's pretty much one 
one volume. Like, yes, he's to, the same. We have to turn his volume up and, yeah. and edit. He's super consistent, and I'm up and down all the time. Gotcha. What's that can be annoying. Um, <laughs> what's what's the most annoying thing he does, <laughs> or 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 for that matter, doesn't do? Uh, I know. I know. For me, in my house, if you ask my wife this, she would say. He leaves his damn shoes <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and I'm always tripping over and I think I'm going to die. Um, he always takes the toilet paper like off of its holder mm-hmm. and just puts it behind the toilet. That bothers me. I get that. Is the toilet yeah. paper in a weird spot where it's inconvenient to grab it while you're using the bathroom? He always puts it on like the back of the, of the toilet. toilet. Yeah. It's not a bad place for it. Yeah. Is it like a spring-loaded toilet paper roll or is it just like a slide-on? Just a slide. Oh, so, it's e- so it's easy to I've off. learned, yeah. But he doesn't put it back. <laughs> yeah. Is he? Does he do over or under? Over. Are you over or under? Over. It's, it's really the only way. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Um, well, thanks for jumping on here with sure. us. Um, can't wait to see what Don and Ken talk about. Yeah. Maybe we should have them do it before they listen to this one. Probably. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Awesome. And I appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks, Justin.